Yeah, we say like a mile wide and an inch deep. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. right? A lot yeah. of people say, well, I got so many friends. How many of them have you been vulnerable to and let, let them in? And, you know, we have a phrase around here. We say, let your redemption show. And that's mm-hmm. what you're speaking to. You're speaking to vulnerability here. And it, you're, I 100% agree with you, sis, that when we are that way, it actually helps others feel safe and want to be that way as well. From the studios of Sound Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. All right, good to be here. Good to be back with you. Hope you are having a great day and maybe a great week so far. I am. We're doing good. I don't know, last week or a couple weeks back on the on the uh, podcast, I mentioned that I was doing pretty good, but I hadn't been feeling so great. And anyway, I had forgotten all about that. But one of my friends uh, recently asked me, so how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm feeling good. I'm like, what was wrong? It's like, oh, on the on the podcast, you said you weren't feeling so good. I'm like, oh, how long ago was that? Anyway, I hope you guys are doing great. Hey, if you've not joined us yet on Facebook, would you please do that? Join the Facebook group and, you know, lend a voice, lend an ear, share out the episodes. You know, we always post nice little descriptions and images, and you can share them real easily there and all that. Um, All you have to do is go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook and join the group. Would you do that? And if you're a longtime listener, I want to tell you how much we appreciate that and having you trust me and Heath and being a part of this whole thing. It's for you that we do it and we stay encouraged. And the more we hear from you, the more I hear from you, the more we can interact, uh, you know, especially in that Facebook group, it really means a lot. And it's encouraging. We get show ideas from all that. So I just want to say thanks and ask you a favor to like, you know, check in once in a while, right? Hit the group up, see what's going on, share the episode out. You know, if everybody who's hearing my voice right now was to take, you know, like the 10 or 20 seconds, whatever, to go over to Facebook and go into the group and share out the latest episode to their friends, we could really start to see this thing grow and bless a lot more people. I would love that. All right. So here, let's get down to business today. Now, uh, I have a very special guest on the show. And in fact, this is the only person who's ever been uh, twice a guest on the podcast, right? Her name's Twyla Franz, and she writes a blog that I love called The Uncommon Normal. And she was on several months back. It was episode 247. Uh, maybe you remember her. Uh, it was this, That episode was called Neighborhood Missional Living for the Imperfectly Ready. And just by that title, which came from her, you can tell her heart in that, right? And I, I just find that Twyla is extremely articulate and fun, and she's smart, and I love the way that her and her family and community are leaning into missional living and how she's helping others do that by articulating what they're learning and, and what they're doing and all that. So today, I want you to hear a conversation I had with her about 10 secrets to growing deeper friendships. So she had written a blog post about this topic, and I loved it. And so instead of just ganking it and talking about it, I thought I'd ask her to come on the show and talk about this with me and with all of you. So take a listen now. You're going to love this. And then I'll come on back to wrap up things and give you my big three for the day. Here we go. Hey, Twyla, thank you so much for being back on my first ever second time guest on the podcast. Woo! 
Thank you, Caesar. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You are great. And thanks for doing this again with me. I get your posts and hear your podcast and, and I'm always enamored with your voice and your heart behind it all. And I think we're saying a lot of the same things, except for I'm like a really old buck and you're a mom raising babies. So, you know, I want more of your voice out there, period, but also to our tribe, to the folks that follow uh, what I'm talking about and the podcast here. So thanks. Yeah, it's going to be great. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. So I recently got uh, an email from you saying, hey, I got this new post on uh, growing you know, friendships and how to take your friendships deeper. And I read through it and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. And you were uh, awesome to be able to come on and talk through it with me. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about 10 secrets to growing deeper friendships. And I think some of this stuff maybe, maybe was, is going to hit people like, yeah, well, no kidding, but I, but we don't do it. (laughs) And I think some of it's Mm -hmm. going to be like, wow, I never really thought of it that way. And that's part of, you know, why I wanted to have you on your voice. So how about we dive right in? We got 10 to go and I want to talk through these and uh, give people a bunch of information on how to, you know, grow their friendships. And and I guess before we jump in, one last thing I want to say is why this is so important. Okay. My listeners have probably heard me say many times that the kingdom of God moves and expands at the speed of relationship. Mm -hmm. And then the gospel moves along the lines of trust we build within those relationships. And so this this art of really building and growing deeper relationships, to me, is so critical to making disciples. Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely agree. Yet without it, I don't know how you build the trust to be able to speak truth and love and walk through the hard times with people and challenge them on stuff that needs challenging and, you know, all that, right? So that's why I think, you know, this is super important. So for my, for my listeners, like, pay, pay attention to this. Don't, don't take this as like, well, I got plenty of friends. Even if you only have a handful, and those are the ones God's given you for the sake of discipleship and mission, learning how to grow them and go deeper in them is going to be key. And if you don't have a lot or you're building new friendships because of the sake of mission, then taking them beyond a surface level to something of depth and meaning and trust, that's so important, like we just said. So there you go. That's that's it. Let's dive in, okay? So you've, you've got 10 really awesome sort of ideas here on ways, and I call them the secrets, <laughs> to uh, growing deeper f- friendships. So uh, what's your first one? Okay, so my first one is to share stories that paint an honest, not a curated picture of yourself. And this is so much easier said than done because we tend to want to hide behind this is our best foot forward. This is the first impression that we want people to have of us. And when we can actually show up honest and not try to change the way that people are seeing us, it really lends... um, it causes you to be brave and that inspires bravery, I think, in, in other people to actually be real. And that's what we want deep down inside is to really be known and to actually truly connect with other people. And when we live behind these facades, it just stops us short so we can't actually show up with the real us. And if we don't let people in, our relationships are just going to stay at this surface level. Yeah. We say like a mile wide and an inch deep, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. right? A lot yeah. of people say, well, I got so many friends. How many of them have you been vulnerable to and let, let them in? And, you know, we have a phrase around here. We say, let your redemption show. And mm-hmm. that's what you're speaking to. You're speaking to vulnerability here. And it, 
you're at, I 100% agree with you, sis, that when we are that way, it actually helps others feel safe and want to be that way as well. We've all experienced that like church small group that's kind of just drifting along for months and years, and it's not really that deep or meaningful. And then somebody like finally like drops a bomb and they really open up about something heavy in their life and everybody mm-hmm. comes around them and it's like, oh my gosh, and it takes it to the whole next level, <laughs> right? We've had that too. Right? Yeah. That's that's what we're talking about here. You can't manufacture it, but I love what you're saying that if if we share our own stories, honestly, not curated, not like our Instagram version of ourselves, it's going to help others do the same. All right. Mm-hmm. What's your second secret to <laughs> growing deeper friendships? Okay. My second one is laughing at yourself builds friendship. And this is one that I got a lot from Alexandra Kirkendall's book, Loving My Actual Neighbor. And she has a whole chapter that is titled Lighten Up. And um, this this one quote from her just really resonated with me. I'm pretty sure it's underlined multiple times um, in my copy of her book. But self-deprecating humor takes away the most potential to offend. It lets the other person know that our desire to laugh with them is more important than our pride. So again, it's kind of coming back to, are we going to lose that pride and be vulnerable? And it just changes the atmosphere when we can when we can put our our authentic selves forward, but also not be afraid to just say, okay, well, this is this is not the best picture of me and it's okay. I'll be the first one to laugh. And just lightening up that mood, it can be really hard for some people. I'm not naturally the most lighthearted person. And my kids um, will have to tell me all the time, like, hey, don't, don't be so serious. <laughs> like you have yeah. your serious look on your face. And so I know for me, it's something that I have to be intentional about. And I have seen it make a difference though. When I'm like, oh, well, don't feel bad about that because I've done way worse, no you kidding. know, and, and just kind of put yourself out there. It's like, yes, mom of the year award. Like, you know, what, what you're talking about, like, you don't need to be hung up on that. Like, it's seriously okay. We understand, like, we are all in those places. Um, and that really goes hand in hand with the first one, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> you know, you're, it does. Like, you're being authentic. You're being a little bit vulnerable. You're willing to laugh at yourself, which then shows people like, this is probably not a crazy judgmental person. I, I feel, I feel a little safer around this person because they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of outing themselves and laughing about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Number three, you, you said in your post, ask questions that cause you so us to lean into their story. I love the spin on that. What do you mean by that? Okay, so we want to draw out their story. What what is it about their past and their experiences and all the things that make them tick and their personality and what they're going through right now? Like those are all pieces of really getting to know them and not Everybody is going to just offer up that information. And if you can show that you genuinely want to know that person and you're asking them questions like, hey, tell me more about that. Or you mentioned that you're really tired. Like, you know, what, what what's going on? Is, is your baby not sleeping well? And you don't know what will all come up if, if you actually pause and show them that you are listening well and you want to know more. Wow. And... I don't know about most people, but I, I I would not put myself on the like top shelf award level of good listeners, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's at the heart of that's like fear of man and love of self. If I'm being honest, like mm-hmm. I'm listening so that I can kind of either come up with the next witty thing 
or get my point across or something else, you know, I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really listening like, like what you're saying so that I can actually lean into their story and build that, you know, that builds empathy. And I, that's a, yeah, definitely. That's that's a gift I'm praying for (laughs) a lot more. Oh boy. That's That's something we all all need to work on. And another point that I'd made in this, in this section was to really make sure that your nonverbal communication is lining up with the questions you're asking. So if you're like, Hey, tell me more about that. But you know, you kind of look like you're ready to, to move on or you're glancing at your watch or you're not really engaged. Maybe you're not making eye contact or your body stance is not really showing that, that you are fully there and you're listening, then it's going to be a mixed signal and not read the same way. Yeah, for sure. We talk about this in our family a lot and, and doing a fair amount of public speaking. I'm really, really aware of this. Um, mm-hmm. Years ago, I had a friend of mine says, listen, I have a very grumpy resting face. <laughs> and he does. And he, you know, and, and it made me start thinking about it like, oh man, I got kind of got this crease between my, you know, my eyebrows. It makes me look like I'm frowning all the time. Am I ticked off? You know? So I'm mm-hmm. very cognizant of like when I'm on videos or when I'm, you know, at, at, you know, in community with people that my resting face doesn't look like I'm ready to explode or whatever. <laughs> you know? oh, that's really good. You know, cause then people have been looking at me all night going like, who's that guy? He looks all super ticked off. Then he comes over and he wants to ask me all these questions. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so, oh, all right. Number four. What What's, what's number four? Okay. Number four is answer the door as you are. Um, and this is another one that's been really much of a journey for me to learn personally. I used to honestly not answer the door if somebody knocked on it. We lived in a small rental house on a busy street and I had two very young girls and we didn't really know any of our neighbors at that point in our life. And so if if somebody knocked on the door, I would assume it's a salesman or it's somebody that I probably shouldn't answer because I don't, you know, like I just don't know them. I don't know if I can trust them. We didn't really just have anybody stop over just to say hi. And mm-hmm. so that was a very different mentality when we started living on mission in our neighborhood and having this, we're going to have our door open and our heart open and our life open to our neighbor's was just changing that. Like when somebody knocks on the door, we want, we want to be available. And if I've been doing other stuff and I haven't showered yet and I, you know, have no makeup on and I just look like the way that I am, can I still be vulnerable enough to open the door and be like, Hey, we're having a lazy morning or I'm actually working really hard. I'm just not showered yet. Like, come on in. Or, um, when the house is a mess, that's actually the next post that I'm releasing tonight on, on my own stuff is kind of digging into all this. Like when your house is a big mess, can you still open the door and let people see that like that can be very, very vulnerable as well? Like how, how do you balance that? you know, my, my, myself or my stuff, my house is not as presentable as I want it to be, but yet I really want to be welcoming and open and hospitable. Yeah. So I think in, in answering the door as you are, you can just set the precedent like, Hey, this is a lot more like family than it is just like casual acquaintances. Like you can just know the real me. This is, you know, this is who I am. And I think that just, helps other people also to relax and to be more comfortable and for yourself as well as your house. Like if you walk into a house that everything is immaculate and maybe it's not as much for somebody that doesn't have young kids, but having Mm. young kids um, from our perspective, if we walk in and everything seems untouchable, like you wouldn't want your kids to break anything. It just feels Mm -hmm. like you're a little more tense. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, you just don't feel like you're at, at home and 
we really want our house to not feel like that. So it's not always perfectly clean. It's not perfectly renovated. You know, we're still doing projects as we go, but that's a higher priority now to us is to let people see our space as it is than to have it perfectly manicured before we open that door. I think that everybody actually relaxes into that stuff. They really do. And I love something you said in there. You said treating people like like family, not like guests. Mm-hmm. See, if it's if we're a hotel, you know, or like some sort of a business or a program, then yeah, we got to have everything spit shined and ready to go, right? And everything out mm-hmm. and all the ice cubes turned matching the same direction and all that stuff. But family, you don't do that for. You're like family, like come on in, right? And so yes. I think this answer the door as you are is a, is is a heart posture as much as this is mm-hmm. physically answer the door. Don't worry about it, right? <laughs> you know, exactly. Yeah, it starts it starts with your heart and then. You know, everything else follows, but definitely has to start there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Number five, this gets down to some real practicality and maybe it's one of those duh things, but it's also for a lot of people, it's like, well, we don't do this. Number five you had was share meals with your neighbors mm-hmm. for building friendships. No kidding. Right? Yeah. It's, it's fun. So much fun. We have some neighbor kids that are here often and they often eat lunch with us or they have tea parties outside or they mm-hmm. eat their lunch picnic outside. And going from never having anybody over for dinner, really, you know, we just had this small house, a small space, a small table. And we're like, well, there's really nowhere to sit anybody. And when that mentality changes and you're like, well, people don't really care necessarily if there's a seat for everybody. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's so much more fun. And it's really great way to get to know neighbors. We've invited um, quite a few of our neighbors over for a meal, like individually, just, you know, one family with our family. And then um, pre all of this stuff going crazy, we met every Friday in our home with our missional community. So that is one of our favorite times of the week, because when you can just be real and eat together and catch up, it really makes it seem like this, this is my family. And I want to underline one thing you said there, you know, as we coach lots and lots of people, and this is always a big thing, like, okay, we need to start having a predictable pattern where you're having sort of an open table kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Just real easy. It's not heavy. You're not trying to get anybody converted or you're just, you're being a good neighbor, right? And Mm -hmm. building relationships, both with believing friends and not yet believing friends. We teach on that a lot. And a lot of people are saying right now, like, wow, our open table, like our weekly kind of open meal for the neighborhood just got decimated with the COVID thing. I think God is sovereign over all this, right? And and we get to. Definitely. But a lot of I know a lot of people are just sort of going like, well, we kind of threw this thing back in park and we're just not eating with anybody again. I'm like, no, 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 you can. Please do. <laughs> and so, yeah. All right, let's keep going. There's more goodness to come. What's number six? Okay. Number six is stop apologizing and simply be present. Wow. So this, I have not read the whole book. It's one that's on my list. Rachel Hollis wrote, Girl, Stop Apologizing. And I've heard so many good things about it. But there's a quote that I've seen often. It's time to stop apologizing for who you are. It's time to become who you who you were made to be. Mm-hmm. And just this idea that over-apologizing can really feel artificial. And it also kind of puts the our emphasis on ourselves honestly, because we're paying more attention to what we're saying and how we're being perceived than we are truly leaning into listening well. Wow. And I never thought about that. That's crazy. True. I believe it. 
Yeah. So that's that's just mostly coming from when I've noticed that that I'm tending to apologize for everything. You know, like what is what's the thing beneath the thing? Where's where's that coming from? And it's it is really hard for me to to be listening well and be focusing on the other person if I'm, you know, so wrapped up in, oh, I said the wrong thing or you know, they're going to take it the wrong way. And so I'm apologizing for all of those things. And then Jeremiah 17, 17 reminds us that um, when we trust in the Lord, our confidence is in Him. And I think that can be really helpful just, sorry, in knowing that God defines our confidence and our identity, and it's not what other people think about us. So we don't need to constantly be over-apologizing. That is so critical to all of this. If we're having to build an identity for ourselves and then maintain it and then convince everybody of it and then be ticked off or upset or bummed out when they don't like salute, you know, or raise the flag to it, what mm-hmm. a, that's that's horrible. I, I mean, I think at the essence of salvation in so many ways here on the planet is this freedom from that, this freedom from do to be, and this freedom from trying to keep all the plates spinning and all the masks in place. And so, yeah, I mm-hmm. love that. I love that. Enough said on that. Wow. Powerful. Really powerful. Okay, number seven, and a lot of people won't like this one, but this is, I think it's really important for building like deeper friendships and relationships is welcome interruptions. Mm-hmm. Wow. Tell, yeah, me this about, is, tell me about that. Sure. Um, this has definitely been a growing learning process for me as well. And it's something that I encourage other people to lean into. And for just the way that I usually write about it. If it's something that feels really intimidating, don't don't let that stop you. Start with something really small. Like, can I be interruptible all the time and always stop what I'm doing? Probably not. But is there one small thing or one small step, one little nudge that God has given me that I can say yes to? And if there's a knock on the door or if I notice, hey, my neighbor is picking branches up out of his yard even if I meant to go in and cook dinner right then, well, maybe I can stop and simply help. Um, so that kind of boils down to our heart posture as well, yeah. that if we're leading first with the people or the mission and God loves them and he thinks that they are valuable and amazing and incredible, that that's going to change our perspective a little bit. Like giving them my time is is a high value and it's worth it. And I think that is so key to living in light of our servant identity, that, you know, we're created in the image of Christ, right? This Trinitarian God, but certainly in Christ, who is a servant, who came not to be served, but to serve, and he sends us to do the same. And I think that that posture, like you said, of of wanting to be open to that, the people are the mission, not mm-hmm. our, us getting our to-do list done every day and all that. And in your post, you said something I really loved. It said, interruptions are often opportunities to connect and share life and disciple organically, Mm-hmm. Almost always, <laughs> almost always they are. Definitely. And when I, we have found that when you're willing to be interrupted or even interrupt your own self, like with your example of going helping the neighbor real quick or whatever, um, mm-hmm. that builds such trust. Like, wow, I, I'm sure you didn't have that in your day to day, but boy, that just made my day a lot lighter. Well, yeah. that builds trust and friendship and and, and a rec- reciprocity, people want to go like, well, how can I help you? You know, and they're open. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think welcoming interruptions is big. That may be my favorite so far. Okay. Number eight, the, number eight, what's number eight? Number eight is the best remedy for inferiority is time spent in God's presence. And 
This one is also really big for me. I grew up extremely painfully shy, so much that I could not hardly hold a conversation with anybody. And it was slowly, as I got older, got easier and easier. And I realized, hey, I actually am filled with more life when I'm talking to people, even though I do still, you know, prefer some quiet time. So as far as like introvert, extrovert, I've realized that I very much straddle the line in between Mm. that. So just part of my own journey through that. And I've realized like there really is no substitute to an inferiority complex aside from really spending time with God and letting him tell you who you are, who he created you to be. And, you know, you can just read about it in other books, but unless you actually soak in his presence, I think that it's not going to saturate deep enough to actually change us. And I talked to so many people, Twyla, that you guys were teaching on prayer or walking with the Spirit in light of life and mission and all of it. They're like, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. really hear from God. I don't really hear God. And I'm like, how long have you been a Christian? Like, no, oh, like my whole life. I'm like, And you don't hear God's voice. Like he is waiting to speak mm-hmm. love to you and your identity and your authority and, and your privilege and, and how much he cares for you and how, how far ahead of you he is and, and the things he's working out for your your good and his glory. <laughs> and yes. so, yeah, there is, you're right. There's no substitute for spending time in the Father's presence and hearing his voice of of love over us and, and affirming our identity that, that would squelch inferiority. Think about it. Sons and daughters of the King of Kings. Mm-hmm. Wow. Owns it all Incredible. and co-heirs with Christ of everything. And, and I don't, you know, I don't want to give it away, but I already read the end of the book and we win. <laughs> Yay. Mm-hmm. You know, like all things get restored back to the way God created them to be. And we get to walk with him face to face again forever. It's amazing. We win. So yeah. It's amazing. Oh, I love that. Okay. Number nine, you said lose the pride and ask mm-hmm. for help. And, yes. and wow, I mean, easier said than done, right? Losing our pride <laughs> and trying to do it all ourselves, do it all ourselves, right? Oh, man. Yeah. So, with this one, it's something that we've been coaching our missional community in as well, just that we want to lead by example, but then also give them just a gentle push like, hey, if you are cooking something and you are minus one ingredient, don't drop everything and run to the store, like ask, we will be honored if you ask us. And so we've talked about how vulnerable that can feel to actually admit like, Hey, I don't have all my stuff together. I forgot, you know, that I didn't have an egg and I, and I needed to, to make or to bake this cake. Or I didn't get that laundry folded, you know? Yeah. And this is, this is supposed to be your family on mission. Could you guys, you guys mind just like folding that up real quick and then shove that basket in my bedroom somewhere, you know? (laughs) Perfect. Right. You know, like anybody's like, I could never do it. Why not? It's family. It's it's laundry. It's laundry. It's not your identity. It's not like, oh, that's it. You know, we hate you now. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. But it's, it's so gross something in us just choosing that posture of humility and letting people see your real stuff. And, um, it was not long ago that there was somebody in our neighborhood that we had had this conversation and she'd said, that's just so hard. Like I can't even imagine doing it. And recently she asked me for vanilla and it made me so happy. Yay. Right. It was, I was like, yes, (laughs) I'm doing a happy dance inside because I know how difficult it was for you to ask, but I know what it feels like to actually brave that and and do it and and so that that's exciting stuff that is it is good and that's again so key to so much of this stuff right it really really is okay here we are arriving number 10 start small and don't give up i love that and and that might be the bravest thing of all here 
for people, that, and, and they'll need to ask the Spirit to help give them strength and hope and guidance in this. But yeah, tell us your thoughts on that. Start small and don't give up. Okay. So this, I talk often about baby steps just because it it really boils it down to, it's not just small steps. Like it can be teeny, teeny, tiny ones, but the direction that we're going in, I think far outweighs the pace. So if we are too afraid to ever get going, we will never make any progress. But if we can be okay with, I'm just going to take this teeny tiny baby step, even if it's like a shaky baby step and I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, just trusting that if God has stirred my heart to respond to this one specific thing, that I'm going to lean in it, lean into it and trust that he's going to be with me. And just that that first baby step, and it may be in being interruptible or in sharing a meal with somebody. Maybe, um, you know, instead of inviting them into your house, you share a snack outside in your front yard, and that's a baby step for you. But just or starting asking for help if for the first yes, time asking ever. Asking for help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But just starting, starting small and not overthinking it, not overcomplicating it, but being okay with being a beginner accepting it and naming it that this is this this is hard and I don't you know really feel like I know what I'm doing and I very much need God's grace it just starts to change the posture of your heart and then that's going to change the trajectory that you are heading in completely wow so good and it really that last one really is kind of the umbrella over all the others isn't it mhm that's great thank you wow time has flown as it always does, Twyla. And um, again, maybe maybe you'll be the first person to be the third time on, huh? Maybe <laughs> work out. I would be honored. And we'll talk about more stuff. But hey, I want to thank you um, and thank your family for letting you have a little bit of time. Like it's probably dinner time there. And uh, when we're recording this and they're probably going like, where's mom? She's on that podcast thing with Caesar. <laughs> So thanks to them too. And thank you again. And I can't wait till we get to do something else again together. Definitely. Looking forward to it. All right. Awesome. Okay. That was a fun conversation to have. I so love Twyla's heart and her insights into all of this. It's great. And, and I know that this is real for her because she's living a lifestyle of discipleship and mission, and God is blessing her relationships and her friendships and those in their community. So I trust this will give you lots of ideas and maybe even a little nudge in your heart here or there. Okay. No, as always, uh, before we go, I want to leave you with the big three takeaways from today's topic. If nothing else, don't miss these three things. Uh, and I, and I, I always kind of go head, heart, hands, kind of that way, right? And I, I write these down for you, too, in case you're driving, you're at the gym, or you want to be able to share this with someone else. Another great way to share the show. You can always get a printable PDF of this week's big three uh, as a free download by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three. Pretty simple, right? So here's the big three takeaways from today. First one, sort of the, let me said go head, heart, hand. So here's the head thing, is uh, being honest about who you are and allowing the real you to show is important in deepening friendships. The number one thing that we all have in common, and it makes for great common ground, is our need for Jesus and the transformation his life brings to ours. That's the number one thing that all humans have in common. So let your redemption show. Like, don't hide your screw-ups or try to look perfect to everybody. When people see and hear that you're not perfect, it allows them to live openly around you and be honest too. And honesty like this builds trust in a relationship. And remember I said the kingdom of God moves at the speed of relationship and the gospel moves along lines of trust. 
pretty big, pretty important. Okay, heart level stuff here. God wants you to know him, and he wants to know you like a friend. Do you believe that? Do you think of God that way? Your heavenly father desires you to spend time with him, opening up your heart and life in ways that show and build trust in your relationship. Now, of course, you may be thinking, well, God knows everything. Why do I need to tell him what's in my heart? Well, just like we love it when our friends or our kids come to us and open up their hearts, in the same way, God loves to hear your heart. The Bible reminds us that after hanging out with and talking with God, it says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Maybe you've heard that before. And then it goes on and says, and he was called God's friend. And that could be us too. That could be us too. What a great legacy to meet face to face someday. And God says, oh, there's my friend, Caesar. There's my friend. Fill in the blank. Put your name there, right? Okay. And then the hands part of this, like rubber meeting the road. Make time for people and friendships to grow by prioritizing them with your time and availability. Okay? Like you, you just have to. It won't accidentally happen. Let me ask you, do you welcome interruptions throughout your day and week? Like Twyla had said, interruptions may appear to sort of assault our productivity, but life is far more rewarding when we prioritize relationships over to-do lists. Interruptions are often opportunities for us to connect and share life and disciple organically. And that is so true. So I want to just, you know, encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to be more open with your time and schedule when it comes to being available to neighbors, friends, and the people of peace that are leaning into your life. All right, I hope that you've enjoyed that. I hope it's been helpful. Okay, well, uh, that's about it. I hope you'll join us again next week. We'll continue to talk about this lifestyle of discipleship and mission and how the gospel is really good news for all of life. Now, today, I know you'll join us for that. I'll look forward to it. I hope you will too. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.